Hey, it's a high, 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 high honor and privilege to welcome Hal and Debbie Perkins with us. Could you guys just stand so everyone can get a look at you? And thank you. And I've been in, um, I've been in a lot of services. I've been all over the world in services. I've been trained and taught and heard book, read a lot of books and blah, 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 blah. But what we experienced last year as a church um, with our Discipled by Jesus conference was one of the most profound, impactful, meaningful times I've had in my entire life in Jesus. And so as soon as we finished that conference, we looked at our calendar and said, should we just do it again next, next year and just build on what we established? Hal and Debbie and then myself. And we were like, yes. So we've had these dates booked for over for a year. It can't be over a year because we booked it last year. And so it's just an honor. Hal is, and, and Debbie are pastors. They're mothers and fathers to many across the nation. They're authors. All of their kids are in vibrant, amazing kingdom ministries, which is the coolest fruit of their life. And they would tell you that too. Amen. How many want to see a thousand generations serving and following Jesus? Amen. And so this, this whole week from this morning to this evening at 6, and then Monday through Wednesday evening at 6.30, We've just called it grow. Everybody say grow. grow. Come on, everyone say grow. grow. And we just believe, and, and, and one of the things that we miss in, in the church is we have event after event after event. The anointing guy or the anointed girl comes, and we just get stirred up and all excited. But how many have ever felt a little bit of the ebb from the flow that you experience in a service or conference? Come on, is anyone going to be honest in the house today? Nobody. Okay, praise God. So what Hal and Debbie carry is that there actually doesn't have to be an ebb to the flow of God's life-giving spirit. Amen. Amen. That there are, there are, there's actually a sequence to not only taking ground in Jesus, but then advancing and taking more ground in Jesus. And so we've just called this whole week grow because we are actually going to receive teaching and practical training on how to grow in our love for Jesus. Everyone say love for Jesus. Our love for our neighbor, our love for our family, and our love for the world. So this week is just going to be an amazing time. You're going to, Hal goes in between prophet, where he says a word and it just cuts you to the heart, to father, where he mends your wound, to coach, where he says, get in the game, dude. No one has to sit on the sidelines. So father, coach, prophet, teacher, pastor, it is an unbelievable honor. If you would give a shout and an amen and a welcome to Hal Perkins as he comes and he preaches. Thank you, brother. This great. We worked on it all week long. You got it. Yeah. Good. Good. Thank you. Let's try it again. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, this is holy ground. Always, you've taken time. You've prioritized time, and we really need help from the Lord, and. It's a scary honor to be with you. Our faith is not in ourselves, but in the Lord. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Chad. Yeah. 
Love you. Last week, you had a preacher here. Is that right? He's a little bit bigger than me. Little. Little. Little bit bigger. And actually, we're kind of in a working relationship together where quite regularly, we go after the Dan Bohai team has been at a place. But you didn't get anything last week. You just got him, I think. He's got a whole bunch of wild people with him, a team, a big team. And they're all brilliant and passionate. I mean, it's amazing. And they go in for a week, and they bring love and peace and joy and faith and victory and clarity and precision and healing and miracles. And everybody goes, whoo! And they, they bring the fruit, the cherries and the peaches and the watermelon, all the stuff that grows on trees. And, and they just... They just come in and everybody goes, whoa, looks so good. And then Debbie and I go after them. <laughs> See, they, they bring the fruit and everybody wants the fruit. Everybody wants the fruit. The healing, the victory, the faith, the walking on water kindness. Everybody wants that, right? But I've pastored a few churches where we had... They were rural, and they, they grew cherry trees, and they grew apples, and guess what I learned? To have fruit on the tree, you got to do a lot of work at the root. Yeah. And almost everybody wants the fruit without the root. Just come, give it to me quick. Give it to me, zap me. Sorry, doesn't work that way. If you want the fruit, you're going to have to work at the root. And so it's my joy and privilege to bring you bad news all week. <laughs> Everybody is glad when I leave. <laughs> We're going to work. In fact, maybe I should mention this. Um, it, it might change. We'll be try to be led by the Spirit. But our present plan is that each evening we will have approximately an hour teaching, give or take. Not, not anymore, but maybe less. And then... We will invite those who are led to stay to stay, and the teaching is not really much of the work. That's the listening. It's not too hard to sit there and listen, but then we'll work on the work. We'll practice the real presence of Jesus, yeah. all right? And so, um, and we might have some more meetings in the day or in the morning, whatever pastor decides, and he'll make you fully aware of it. Let me tell you what we're going to work on. This week, here it is. This is my prayer, Paul says in Philippians 1, that your love, did you hear about love last week? Yes. Very well, probably very clearly. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. See, we're all very, very limited. Time, energy, and we care, don't we? But there's so much to care about. So many places to go. We don't have much money. And what we do have, we want it to be distributed to best maximize the kingdom. Not a lot of time, but what we do have. And so the love that we have that's indwelled us by the presence of the Holy Spirit, it needs, there needs to be discernment to know what is best. So we're going to work on loving what's best this week. Okay? So what we'll do. So um, 
Let me get us going here. Do I have... There we go. Just hit the button and it goes. But I don't have this. Do I have this? Justin, put a different... Uh, um, what's it called? Yeah, that. What it's called. I can turn around and look at... So... There we go. Thank you. Way to go. Super. So I want to talk with this this morning about a topic that's new to you. I'm talking about love all week long. All right. And so uh, how about all the men? Would you, I mean, let's all stand. But men, would you, would you read this first bit of this passage with me, Ephesians 5? Men, let's read. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That's four long sermons right there. Really, it is. It's a great series. Ladies, how about you reading this? Ladies, in the same way... Let me read this part. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Now, this is a mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Hmm. So, Jesus, we have prayed we believe to the level of our awareness of you. And our faith is in you. We did not come for anything less than to hear you. Thank you that you will speak. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I, I, uh, I was born at a pretty early age, and I spent the first 23 years of my life being single. I left home when I was 15. I didn't get kicked out, <laughs> should have, but I left home when I was 15, lived by myself pretty much all that time, and, and I, was, I was single. I was my own boss. I did what I thought. I did what I wanted. I had my car. I took care of it the way I wanted. I took it where I wanted it to go in it. I had my own checkbook. I had my own calendar. It was my life. It was my party, and I pretty much did it that way, and it was, I was doing just pretty well. And then I met her. <laughs> now, if you know her at all, you know that she is stunning. She looks at you and you melt. Her eyes flash. She smiles. Plus, she encourages. She builds. She's amazing. I got to know her a little bit, and then I got to know her more. It wasn't just on the outside. She was smart. She was good. She had good parents. My dad always said, check their parents. And she, she had everything going for her, including the third date. She spit ice all over me, and I thought, wow, she's even got a little zip. And, and it was that night that I decided she's going to have to run awful hard to get away from me. <laughs> so she ran. I ran. She ran. I ran faster. And finally, she said yes. <laughs> I got her. And the two became one. And, and it's much, much more than a physical arrangement. 
It's much, much more than that. And, and, and see, the two becoming one is really a heart arrangement that, that spells out in the physical arena in every way. But, but the two of us became one. And, and I'd, heard, I'd heard that marriage is really hard. And we got married, and it wasn't so hard. It took me 40 years to figure it out. It's because she was good. I was a mess. And she put up with me, but anyhow, it wasn't so hard for me to adjust to her, and, and, and it, it was actually, it was going really well, except every once in a while. Um, every once in a while, you know, there'd be a little bump. Uh, I remember I, I, had this, I had this bedspread that I brought with me into the marriage. I brought it from home. I kept it with me all those years and brought it with me, and we were going to Penny just a few weeks after we were married, and we were going to get something that we needed and we're going to what we had come to shop for. You understand? We came to get something. And we're going this way toward whatever it was. And she, off she goes. And I'm thinking, we came to what? And off she goes. Well, she's headed toward the bedspread department. Now, what we had was old, torn. But it worked. Covered the bed. Bedspread, right? It worked. And, and, and she's over there. And she's kind of... She's kind of looking at the, and I'm saying, oh, we, uh, 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 and, and she's looking at him. She said, do you like this? I, I don't know. We don't need it. I mean, and she kept, and, and you know what I found out? The two weren't necessarily one. She had some thoughts, and I had some thoughts, and they weren't the same. And she had some desires, and I had some desires. They weren't the same. And so right there in front of God and everybody, in pennies, bedspread, we had some fellowship. <laughs> and do you know, it's work. <laughs> because I said, mm, and she said, mm, and, and right there, we, we, and for the two to be one, either she had come all the way to me, or I had to go all the way to her, and, and you can't cut them in half and meet in the middle, you either got the whole, you know, and so there we are, right in the go, it's terrible, and finally she came to her senses, and we moved on for what we were trying to do, you understand, <laughs> the two... I'm not, anyhow, then we did pretty well for a while after that until Christmas came. We got married in August, and Christmas came pretty soon after that, and I grew up with just, just my dad and my mom, my sister and I, and we didn't make a real big deal about Christmas. She had cousins and uncles and aunts and, and grandparents and blah, blah, and they got everyone presents, and they got, and and we had, the two weren't one. She thought we should spend a whole bunch of money that we didn't have. And I thought that she was, and it, 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 it wasn't pretty. And, and on, to top it all off, she thought we ought to have a Christmas tree. I never bought one. And do you know, those crazy things cost a lot of money. And, and, ah. Uh, Notice this is all about money. Anyhow, so, so there we are, and, and you know what? 
everybody go. It's say work. For the two to be one, it's and finally we got a tree. And I'm not sure if it was resolved. I'm not sure how much the two were one, but we had a tree. So, so my, my point is that, the, you know, the two are to be one, but everybody said, it's work. It's work. So, married life. Married life. It's good, but work for the two to be one. And, and Paul says that. He says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one. Let's all practice, shall we? Everybody put up your fingers. Here we go. Join, jump in. Just, just, just work with me here. Okay, here we go. Just, let's practice. You see, it's, it, it's, it's work, isn't it? <laughs> well, I... Uh, I was doing pretty well in life and pretty much doing what I thought and wanted. And then I met someone else way before I met Debbie. I actually met someone that you've heard of. His name is Jesus. And, uh, I, you know, I was going right along. I wasn't in real bad shape in my mind. And, but then I met him, and as I got to know Jesus, I found out that he wanted to come into my house and live with me to save me. And I found out that, that he was actually a little sharper than I was. <laughs> and, and he was a whole lot better, and he was really strong, and, and, and it made sense to me. It really did. I wasn't real old, but it made sense to me that why would I want someone with my intelligence and my character and my strength running my life when he said he'd like to come in and live in me and help me do life. He'd like to get married. He, he, you know, he came knocking. He really did. He, he courted. And, and, and so I, did, I said yes. He chased me down. And I said yes. Made sense to me. And then he came in. And it went pretty well except do you know what happened? <laughs> He had some ideas. And do you know what? He didn't always agree with me. And he wanted some stuff. You gotta be kidding. I didn't want it. And I wanted some stuff that I found out he didn't want. And I found out he had this attitude. You know, with Debbie, it was always negotiable who needed to change, but he thought he was right all the time. And I thought, who do you think you are, God? And, you know, huh? <laughs> and so he was always in the center. And I was always all over the map, you know. And, and so he'd very gently and caringly, he'd come and he'd, he was in me and he'd come knocking, you know, at the door. And he'd say, uh, uh, there, there's some work we need to do. And I'd say, and I suppose you're right. Uh-huh. He said, I, I, I'll help you. But he, he'd lead, and I'd have to uh, 
follow all the way. I'd have to change my mind over and over. Do you know what that is? Work. <laughs> it's really work. And, and, oh, and, and we I just barely get to be one with him and we'd agree. And then he'd come knocking on something else. Oh, you got to be kidding. And he told me it was for my good. And I said, yeah, I'm sure. And he was right. But, oh, <laughs> okay, here we are. Let's practice again. Everybody ready? Here we go. <laughs> Everybody say, being a Christian is Oh, but I'm hurt. I was told I'm saved by grace, not by work. Well, there goes a good sermon. No, I won't go off onto that little tangent. I just wrote a book about it, but we won't go there. The church has kind of bought into some foolish notions as we've reacted to something has gone clear across the spectrum. So I said it won't go in, so I won't. But, but everybody say, being a Christian, there's work. There's work. Because it's a relationship. It's a love relationship. And love relationships are... But we, it's worth it. But it's work. In fact, let me tell you, I, 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 I don't want to go off on a tangent too much here, but... We're going to work on this this week, and, and, and I, I can tell you, almost everyone wants their church to reach all kinds of people who are very lost, and, and, and that's really big, but I can tell you how to do that. Amen. Real simple. <laughs> that's all. I won't take time to prove it, but it's true. Almost everybody wants the signs and wonders, and thank you for this wonderful process this morning. I loved it, loved it. Everybody wants more healing, more victory, but that's the fruit. You know what the root is? Everybody wants their family to be together and be forgiving and gentle and kind and be authentic, but that's the fruit. You know what the root is? Everybody help me. You got it? And... And how many think God's messing up? Well, actually, there are a lot of people who do. Got some really bad ideas. It's not true. But God's not really the cause of the problem. And he dwells in us, and the two are to be one. Did you know that? Jesus said, it's a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. The two are to be one. Guess what? Been around the church a long time. I was a pastor over 40 years. Do you know that most of the time the groom and the bride called Christ and his church are not one. They live together. He lives in me. But he's got a lot of ideas that he's not. And I didn't do the work of repenting and confessing so that the two are one. And when you multiply that through a whole bunch of people, pretty soon you don't have the church being one with Jesus. He is the one uniter. He's always consistent, perfect. But take me and then put a bunch of us together, and we've got what sometimes looks like a mess. Because we don't work. We're saved by grace. 
Hallelujah. And God is sovereign, and he will take care of it in his way, in his time. Relax, brother, and enjoy the ride. Bad theology. Sorry, I'll be gone soon. <laughs> Next time, he's going to be a long sermon. It's Chad's going to have to straighten out all this mess I'm making. <laughs> I'm talking about Christ and the church. One more time, play with me. How many thoughts do you think you have that are not the way Jesus thinks? How many desires do you have that are different than Jesus' desires? How often do you say, I want, I think, I feel, and I say, who cares? (laughs) Because I love you. And if I say, I think, if you love me, you'll say, who cares? Who cares? Because our faith is not in what I think or what our faith is in. Jesus. True or false? But it's work. And I signed up for freedom and ease and comfort. You want cherries on the tree? Underneath the ground. Are you glad you came? Let me talk about it a little bit. The two shall become one. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Really? You mean, I raise my hand, I get baptized, I go to church, I'm a new creature? Really? How new? How new? Hmm. Well... Old things are passed away, really. All things. Everything. Do you know what all means in Greek? Uh huh. That's the one Greek word I know. All things are become new. But Really, did everything become new when you were born again? I mean, well, let, let me tell you my spin. I think it's pretty good. In the old life, I was single. It was me, right? But then I was crucified with Christ and buried with Christ, right? And raised to newness of life. And when I came out of the baptismal moment, which was an articulation, a demonstration of what had really happened internally, when I came out, it was no longer I, it was no longer me, it was we. The old life, it's me. The new life, it's we. We, we. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We. And, and that makes everything different. Because I'm not alone. Jesus dwells in me. And, and it's never me. It's always And he's God and I'm not. And I was God. I was Lord. But uh, everything's, that, that changes everything. Because as a man thinks in his heart so easy. And Jesus, we like to tell the kids to come into my heart. Lord Jesus. And that's exactly what happens. Into me. You were 
born from above, and you, everything changed because you died, the old you died, the single you died, and you came up married to Jesus, and he, moved, he, he had moved in, and now the, the, there's two there. And the only problem is, the two are supposed to be one. <laughs> and he looked at you and said, you think you got work to do, you should see what I have to do to work with you. Right? Amen. Come on. Come on. And, and he's like, he said, Whoo! <laughs> but I'm God. But Whoo! <laughs> Only time he ever felt challenged when he came into my heart to make us one. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm joking. Bad theology. Okay. <laughs> so, really, do you buy that? Yeah. Everything's different. Because God has come to dwell in his temple, and you're the temple. Not just collectively, but individually. So everything's new. Well, let's talk about newness. Newness, shall we? Here we are. The old life, I was alone. It was my life. It was my party, right? I did what I thought, what I wanted. I I did what I felt. And we kind of congratulate us for being authentic, we're being ourselves, our true selves. Yeah, it'll kill you. I mean, no pressure. The old life, I'm alone. The new life, I'm never alone. Come on. I'm never alone. And I could preach a long time about how wonderful that is, but let me just talk about it. People say, I'm never alone, and I say, you're not kidding. You're never alone. There's a great poem. I need to memorize it. I'll give you the gist of it. The gist of it is that, that Jesus came on a mission to suffer and die and become a sacrifice so that the father could have the family and he could have a bride. And so Jesus came... And suffered heinously. We've just come through the season of recognizing, thinking about it. I hope you think about it daily. But, but Jesus came and did all that he did in order to win you, to capture you, that he might come dwell in you and have a bride, right? Is that right? See? And, and so he came and he went through all that he did and he, he courted you and he won you and you said, yes, Jesus, you can be head, you can be, I'll, I'll be the body, you be the head, you be the groom, I'll be the bride, you be God, I'll quit being God. All those things that we said and meant, I hope, I assume. And, and he came to dwell in us. And many of us, for about an hour or an hour and 15 minutes a week, we sing some songs about him while we're thinking about other things. And we listen to sermons, sometimes not even about him. But then most of the time, we walk around as if he's not there. We forget about him. We treat him as if he doesn't matter or maybe doesn't even exist. Because we're not aware that God dwells in me. And the poet said, the pain he experiences in the unintentional rejection of him and the continued devastation of our lives that he came to save 
which pains him even more than the cross because he loves us. The pain of his dwelling in his bride with hardly any communication that makes possible the two being one is greater than what he ever experienced on the cross. And he weeps for the pain of Calvary as he dwells in his bride who doesn't pay attention to him. It's not to create guilt. Everybody hear me now, hear me. It's to create awareness that God lives in us. We call him the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of Christ. He dwells and he came to save us. You know how he saves us? That's how he saves us. He came to save you and redeem you. Restore the mess that you made. But he doesn't force it. But he doesn't force. He won't make you. And it kills him. Because he loves you. And me. Everybody tracking? Jesus Will you please forgive us? We don't honor your presence. I'll pick on your pastor. I shouldn't, I'm sorry. Last night we were having dinner together, and he had a hat on. I should say it to him in private. It came time to pray for dinner. You know what he did? He took off his hat, as if God just showed up. Oh, no. He's there all the time. There all the time. Hat on or hat off. He deserves my attention. You're saying, well, well, you, we can't. Mm, give me some space here. If Jesus were here in a body, we'd pay attention to him. Well, he is here in a body. Isn't he? And, and the reason, forgive me, the reason we don't see the fruit on the tree is real simple. He wants it there, but he doesn't force it underneath the ground. He doesn't force himself on us in our hearts. But if we'll respond to his luck, the two will be one. And when the two are one, forgive me, conception occurs and good fruit is born. Everybody clear? This isn't rocket science, but it's work. It's work. Debbie didn't scream at me. She should have. I could see her. I can't see Jesus. I do hear him. Though I don't recognize his voice much of the time. We, whatever, whatever it takes a church, somehow, somehow, we've got to come to grips that we're, we're not doing a good job of the two becoming one. But it's work. And honestly, my preaching at you, I'm not going to say anything new today. We've had lots better sermons in here today. But we need to practice his presence. Yes. So that out there, when life's going, we're better at it being we instead of like the old us. See, when Christ is in us, and he's not the leader, but we lead, we're living exactly the way lost people live. 
then we look and sound like lost people. And that's why the world doesn't give a rip about the church. Because we look and sound and smell just about the same they do, only we don't have quite as many bad habits. Is this okay? So you're never alone. And that's really good news. But it... When Jesus is present, it changes everything. I'd love to tell you a bunch of stories if we're aware of his presence. So we need to cultivate the awareness of the living God who doesn't do it independently and unilaterally of us. It's marriage, and the two are to become one, thought by thought, word by word. The old life, unilateral decisions. I did what I thought. It was my decision. It was my choice. Got it? It's the old life. The new life? Huh. That means before I decide what I'm going to do tonight for dinner, I've got someone dwelling in me. He's called the husband. He's called the head. And someone, maybe he has an opinion, a preference. Before I speak. Because he said that he won't say anything except what he says through me. And he said he'd prefer that my words be his words because I'm his body. And if I'm saying words that are not his, then I'm defaming him. And he'd like for me to slow down and have some unilateral discussion, I mean some bilateral discussion before I talk and before I act. Because I'm to be connected to and coordinated by the head. But when I go ahead on my own, I'm disconnected from the head. And the body is Misfunctioning. Sorry. Takes work. I mean, I've begged God. Change me. He said, I will. (laughs) No, I mean now, fast. (laughs) Well, I can, but I made you for relationship, not perfection of performance. If God changes us just like that, we don't need to pay attention to him. He fixes us. But he didn't make us to be fixed. He made us for a relationship. We clear? Everybody says it. The kids, I'm not, not the old guys like me. The kids say, I don't believe in religion. I believe in relationship. And I say, really, how much relationship? But Jesus will save us. When the two are one. Doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. When the two are one, I see what he says. I think what he thinks. I feel what he... And, and, and I walk on water no matter what the storm is. Because I have faith. I can forgive. I'm in agreement with him. Changes everything. The old life, I was independent. New life, I'm dependent. Not, not just for his provision to take care of me, but for everything. I depend on him for my thoughts. I'm no longer proud because I realize how dumb I am compared to him and he lives there. So I depend on him for his perspective. That's called faith in Jesus, right? We all say I have faith in God. Well, that's Jesus. He's, and he dwells in you by his spirit. And did you know the Holy Spirit talks? All the time. You've already heard him a whole bunch of times a day. He talks all the time to us. Because he loves us. The Holy Spirit loves us. 
I mean, really, Jesus said, when he said, here's what the Holy Spirit will, he'll teach you, he'll, he'll, he'll guide you, he'll, he'll remind you, he'll convict you, he's with us, and when we're just about to say something stupid, do something stupid, get hit by a tragedy, can you imagine the Holy Spirit who's in me, who loves me, saying, ain't going to tell him. Hmm. Oh, no. He talks Amen. because he loves. Amen. And he knows at every point that I'm living this way. And he knows the damage that'll do. And he knows when I'm blind and can't see what he sees. But I have to learn to depend. Wow. I have to be... Le- I signed up to follow Jesus. Did you remember that? That's what we signed up for. The old life I was a leader. And I'm going to come after him and let him deny himself. Take up his cross. Die. Follow me follow. We're not the leaders anymore. I just read someone thought they were saying something terribly profound. I read it last night somewhere. They said, maybe we should quit talking about leadership in the church. And I said, are you kidding? We've been saying that for years. We got to quit leading. That's our problem. We got to become followers. That's our problem is that we were leading. We messed things up. Uh, is, am, I, am I okay? Because it is about relationship, but he's the leader. We're the follower. That's right. In fact, Jesus himself never, ever, ever, ever led. You know, he always followed. Wow. He's never a leader. He's a follower. Did nothing apart from his father. <laughs> was he tempted? Uh-huh. Did he have thoughts and desires that were different than his father? Uh-huh. Huh. And what did he do? He went to the garden. <laughs> Sweat blood. Sweat blood took him three hours to go from here to here in his heart. Wow. Three hours. It's called work. Is he worth it? Is your life worth it? Does he want to reveal himself through you? Doesn't happen this way because this way ends up being this way. Has to be. So that the two become one. Whenever you say his words and do his works, the two are one. When you do your words, your thoughts, your attitudes, your motives, your values, your priorities, the two are two. And we look and sound like the world. The old life I was insensitive, new life, everything's different. Old things, eh, sensitive. To why I loved, I don't know if you heard your pastor pray this morning. He prayed it perfectly. My vision is Jesus and my mission is to get to Jesus. It's work. And when the two are one, conception occurs and good fruit is born. Words, attitudes, love, forgiveness, gentleness, strength. And God can try. What God leads, what God leads, he empowers. Faithful is he who calls who will do it. So if we want to see the power of God, (coughs) actually, this is about all you need to know to be a Christian, so you don't need to come back next week. I'm I'm sorry, I didn't say that. (laughs) Except it's work. Everybody knows all you have to do in basketball is put the ball in the hole. That's all. But they practice and they practice. In the church, we don't practice. We don't need to practice. We got this thing down. We hear the sermon, we go. We don't need to, well, we're going to practice each night if you want to come. 
and practice. In the old life, I am Lord. The new life, Jesus is Lord. The old life, I think, who cares? Because don't, we don't trust ourselves. Our faith is in. Christ. In the new life, Jesus, what do you think? See, The old life, I want so. The new life, Jesus, what do you want? My faith is in you. After a while, you get to love him more and more. You see how good he is, and it breaks your heart when you do what you want. My heart breaks because I'm really committed to letting Jesus lead and the two being one. But you know what? I'm not very good at it. I'm a mess. Glad I'm saved by grace. But called to be like Jesus, called to be holy, who didn't ever live independently of the Father. If Jesus lived like this, his death on the cross wouldn't have mattered for us. But because he would never treat his father as if the father didn't matter, he would never sin. He would never treat his father as if he didn't exist. See, sin is just ignoring God. That's sin, ignoring God. The old life, it's my time and my money. But old things, everything's new. New life, I'm a steward, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm not my own, I've been bought with it. Oh, really? Oh, we say it. See, the old life, it's my decision. New life, it's unilateral. Let me press on here. Everybody okay? Yeah. A little bit more? I'm about through. Sort of. <laughs> Getting close. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Your bodies, not just the theoretical body, the church universal, but your body and your body and your, your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us, right? Do we all agree? He came. It is like a marriage. He moved in and he made covenant with us. He died on the cross. He asked us to make covenant with him. So the marriage is legal. He's not cohabitating to become a Christian is a big deal. It's a marriage covenant. Are, are y'all aware? And the, the bride and the groom, I mean the bride and the groom, the, the spirit and the bride say come before the, well, that's a whole bunch of more theology. But do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? I, I remember my mom used to want me to be good in church. Do you, and if you were here last year, I told about the marbles, you probably weren't here on Tuesday night. But, but she, want, she expected I'd be good in church. In fact, she would tell me, you can't run, you have to be quiet, you can't talk loud. Because it's God's house. It's God's house. Well, I found out later she was confused. <laughs> because God does not live in temples built by human. He does. He does. But where does he live? My mom needed to tell me, hey, partner, slow down. Shut up. Zip it. Listen. You're in the, God's in his temple. Reference, his presence. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. What are we? Blah, 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 blah. Shh, be still and know. It's a big deal to be a Christian. Everything changes. We're weird. We say amen. Come on. Amen. God dwells in us to transform us from 
to glory, to glory, to glory. How? Oh, come on, God. Just, just change us. Oh, I could. But I didn't make you to change you. I made you to love you and relate to you. And if you relate to me, we will change. And I came to dwell in the mess to clean it up. But I won't force the victory. But I'll make victory possible, though not inevitable. Does he deserve our attention? Sunday morning, hour and a half a week, good enough? Guess what? He's in the temple all the time. And he doesn't take a nap. You are not your own. It's a big deal. To, I'm not talking about being glorified, entirely sanctified. I'm talking about what it means to enter the family of God, to be born of the kingdom of God, born into the kingdom. It's a big deal. You are not your own. You were crucified. I, I, I don't know anything about your city. I'll bet you a lot of people, if you walk to them and say, you're Christian, they say, uh-huh. Maybe they needed to be coached. No, I taught but trained. We teach a lot in the church, but we don't train. We think as long as we're hearers of the word, it's okay. No, no, we're called to be doers. Go and make disciples, baptizing and teaching them to obey a few of the things I commanded. Everything. And he died for all that those who live would no longer live for themselves. This is new birth language. He died for all, everyone. That those who have life, who has life? Well, those who are born twice. Those who are born only once, they're going to die. They'll die twice. But those who are born again will live forever. Those who live, those who have eternal life, those who are born of the Spirit, should no longer live for themselves, but for him. Now, if we had time, I could talk about that. It usually has to develop because when you're a baby, it takes a little time to mature and grow up. But that's where this thing is going, and that's why the church needs parents to put their arms around the brat kids, I mean, the little kids that just got born again in the family to raise them. We don't do that. We just preach at them. It doesn't work enough. They need to be listened to and coached and trained. He died for all that those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him. One hour a week, four hours a week, $10 a week. Everybody got it? It's a big deal to be a Christian. It's a mystery. I'm talking about Christ in the church. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Oh, really? Those who live according to the flesh. That means the Spirit's not in them. They have their minds set on what I want. Flesh desires. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. What's your mind set on? What Jesus wants or what you want? Well, when you're a baby, 
you know? But time to grow up so that those who are indwelt by the Spirit, Christians have their minds set on what Jesus wants. It's huge. <laughs> Still happy? Come on, church. This is who we are. But I'm sorry. Preaching about it doesn't get it done. We need to practice. We need to keep clear the message but work on it and work on it. Little steps of progress, week after week after, accountable to each other, being honest and real. And I felt, but we keep our arms around each other. But to get this thing to go from head and theory into life is work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we've got the spirit and we've got the word, but mostly what we're missing is the body. This is not the body. You're just all looking at me. The body functions by listening, valuing, understanding, working together, coaching, helping, parenting. That's the body. Everybody clear? Yeah. That's what we got to do, what Jesus did and told us to do, which is make disciples. Disciples are not born. They're made. It's work. <laughs> For you died. Oh, really? Uh-huh. You died? Did you know you died? We don't tell you that when we say, believe Jesus died for you and you can go to heaven. We don't say, oh yeah, you need to die too. We don't tell the truth. We don't preach the gospel of the kingdom, the government of God. We teach the gospel of American church. We died. Everything's new. The old you, it's gone, it's dead. But there's a new you. You were resurrected. But guess what? (laughs) The newness of life. You know what that means? Work for the two to become one. And, And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is, your life is hidden with Christ in God. But if you're not doing the work, his life is hidden in you. And you're sincere, you're not a phony, but you just didn't realize it's work. And so you say and do what you think and want, and the world sees the world instead of seeing Jesus. Wow. And we wonder why we're not reaching the lost. Because Jesus wins the lost. People love Jesus. Wow. It's all about being one. Wow. Conception. Birth. When Christ, who is our life, is Christ your life or a piece of your life? You understand? How many want me to come back next year? Never mind. I'm just reading. It's not me. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, oh, when Christ, who is your life, gets through, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, That's where we're going. I've been crucified. Oh, man, you're kidding. I've been crucified with Christ. Uh Uh-huh. You were crucified with Christ and buried. And I don't live any longer. Did you know that? It's not your life. You don't have a life. It's no longer me. It's we. We, see. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. I, I, 
My faith is in him. So I don't do what I think. I don't do what I because my faith is in him. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me to save me. So if I trust him, I'll quit leading and I'll follow. But to follow, you got to find out. The two have to be one. So you got to have lots of little board meetings right here. <laughs> right here. All the time. Yes. As if God dwelled here. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Above all else, guard your heart because everything you do comes from it. Wow. So all you need to do to each other now, you don't need to preach any more sermons. Just that's it's pretty much true. Yeah. All you have to do to disciple people say, "What do you think? Is that what Jesus thinks?" Oh no. Who do you trust? I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will produce much fruit. Do you know what's next? Lost people are apart from Jesus. But when Jesus comes to dwell in your heart and you don't respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit who's there to transform you, you don't pay attention. You just keep going. You are as much apart from Jesus as lost people functionally, practically, because you're not allowing the transforming power of the living God who talks by knocking. You're not having a marriage relationship with him, and the two are not becoming one. And apart from him, your life is not mattering. I don't know what to do about it other than to get together and practice the presence of Jesus. So we'll do that each night, maybe sometimes in the day, as Chad leads. And we're going to work on loving all week long. The fruit of abiding. Jesus, thank you for these sweet hearts. I love talking to people who are listening. I could tell these people were listening. We need help. We, we don't mean to ignore you. We don't want to walk by the flesh. But we have to want enough to walk by the Spirit to do the work of communication. Thank you, Lord.